is the Dogcast, episode number 327, Dogs Win Big over the Gamecocks, and order is restored in the East. Dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 327, coming off the big win. Dogs win over the Gamecocks, the number five rated Gamecocks. We got to be sure to point that out, you know. Uh, man, it was a huge win. Huge win. So, I, I, you know, I guess we're back on the bandwagon, huh, old dog? Because, you know, we're bandwagon fans. We get on and get off, that sort of thing. Well, we'll. Talk about that a little bit later. I mean, <laughs> okay. but but get, get, you know, going into realistic stuff. If there was ever a doubt that the coaching staff did or did not listen to the dog cast, that should be totally put to rest. Now, obviously, they do because this game was the game plan that we laid out on Wednesday. The only, I mean, and, and you just look at the things that happened. When you run the ball, good things happen. When you kick the ball as far as you possibly can, good things happen. Yes. The only time we didn't end, resulted in a South Carolina touchdown. I yes. mean, basically what it boils down to, when we kick off, the guy's going to catch it, and they're going to return it somewhere between 15 and 20 yards before we tackle them. I'm telling you. If we kick it five yards in the end zone, <laughs> it's going to come out to – you know, somewhere between the 15 and the 20. If we kick it to the 30, they're going to take it to the 45. Hey, it was a great game. It was exactly what we wanted. It was absolutely wonderful. And I tell you what, my Johnson has not gotten soft yet from that last drive. Holy crap, dude. You know, it was eight minutes on the clock, and then there were just two minutes on the clock, you know? And then, of course, ultimately there were no minutes on the clock, but... Man, you know, even the announcers are like, damn, they are just grinding the Gamecocks into the ground right now. And I mean, you know, and there is nothing, as we have said before, nothing more demoralizing than just running the ball down their throat saying, this is what we're going to do, and you can't stop us. I mean, we took that ball on the six-inch line after penalties and everything. Yes. Yes, we we absolutely. What, ran it for like 13 well, I think that was a 13-play drive, something like that, and 12 of them were runs. 12 of them were runs. Oh. One of them was the throw to Quavon, and we'll talk a little more about Quavon in a second. Got us, I'm got us you. out of the hole, and then we just, you know, and I mean, how many people were sitting there in the stands with us thinking, oh, Lord, what's going to happen? We're going to go three and out. We're going to punt. South Carolina's going to score. Then we're going to go three and out again, and we're just going to hang on for dear life. And you know, in the past, that and, and how many times have we seen that happen? Yeah, a lot. I this know. Time, and, and I go back to what I said: when you can run the damn football, you can take control of the game, and that's the way you win. I'm telling you what, man. I'm telling you what. It was just a great game, like you said at the start. You know, everything from the uh, look at that oh, throw oh, to Artie Lynch. Real quick. Wait. 
okay. we, were, we were wrong. It was a 14-play drive, and 13 of them were on the ground. <laughs> I'm sorry. How about the throw to Artie Lynch on for the first touchdown from, like, you know, the three or the two or whatever? You know, I was like, where was that play when we were in Clemson last week, you know? And we specifically mentioned that play, and then it magically gets run in the first short-yarded situation we have. Running to the outside. Running to the outside. Holy crap. What a great idea. From the three, running to the cone. What a great idea. And I tell you, I mean, I was, man, how about the freaking onside kick? Have you ever seen a better executed onside kick? I'm telling you, Marshall Morgan, man, I hate, I got bad news for you, Marshall Morgan. That was a really expensive beer you had on the lake, man. I tell you, I, I hate to tell you, dude, but that was an expensive beer, my friend. Um, I hope you enjoyed that one because that onside kick was money. Oh, right. You know, and I'll tell you guys, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna beat on this a little bit more, but I'm. There's a point, you know, we were called, you know, we're fair weather fans, bandweather fans, whatever. You know, there was a point in that first half. And I'm gonna be honest with you, old dog. You mean you don't even know what I'm gonna say, and you might disagree with me. But there was a point in that first half where I said, you know what? Even if we lose this game, I'm still, I'm just happy with the way we're playing. We're throwing it, we're running it, we're doing onside kicks. We look like a team that's freaking serious. We're not turning the ball over. We're opening running lanes. We're running the ball. We're throwing the ball. Murray's doing his thing. Everything's working, and it's creative, and it's powerful, and it's serious big boy football. And, you know, I said to myself, hell, if we lose a game where we play like that, I, I thought this to myself. I'm like, you know what? I, I can handle it if we're playing up to our potential and playing like we should play. But, you know, the other side of that coin is if we play like that, we ain't going to lose a lot of football games. We ain't oh, going to lose any damn football games if we play like we played yesterday. It was I fantastic. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And that has been our beef for so many years when we do seem to have these laws for one game, two games, four games, whatever it may be. I don't think there's a team in the SEC that has better football players than we do. Do some of them have equal football players? Yeah. But we should never be every game we play against one of the top echelon teams in the SEC should be close. Are we going to win them all? I'd love to. But, no, I'm a realist. We're not going to win them all. As I said last on Wednesday, I just like to win some of them, and and that's what this was. This was a this was the first time in a long, long, long time that we have beaten a team that quote we shouldn't have beaten, or a team that was ranked higher than us, excluding the Florida Gators down there for two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Like I said, you know, it's not all about I mean, the damn W's and the losses. It's about me being frustrated when I know we can do better. I know about, we can do better. Attitude. And yesterday we did do better. Give me. And how about Clowny? Oh my God, they were so excited about Clowny. Oh my God, Clowny got a sack. Oh, Clowny got his hand on him. Let me tell you something. Clowny ain't. Ain't all that. I told you in the pregame show, he's just a damn football player. Put a hat on him and slow his ass down. He is not 
the best football player in the country. He's not even the best football player in our damn conference. The best football player in our country conference is Todd damn Gurley, by God. TG3 is the best football player in the Southeastern Conference. I think it's TG2. Well, but, uh, I, I call I him do. T. It's number three. That's his Twitter handle. Sorry, his, yeah, right. he oh, is Todd Gurley the second, but his little, you know, it's number three. TG three. Okay. Anyway, anyway there right. you go. But you know, I'm I'm out of it. You know, I'm not. I'm Todd Gurley is a damn man among boys. I love me some Keith Marshall. Keith Marshall can make the most out of a seam. I'm telling you, that kid is fast, and he can make it. And when he gets a seam, he can hurt you. Todd Gurley yeah. doesn't need a seam. Todd Gurley Girl, makes, makes damn seams. <laughs> I'm telling you, he don't even need a damn helmet, baby. He don't, man. I'm telling you what, I love me some Todd Gurley. That throw and catch from Murray to Gurley for the touchdown, the receiving touchdown that Gurley had. Murray just throws it to a hole, and Gurley's like, "I'll yeah. be there, dude. You throw it, I'll get there." Yeah, and, and, and it kind of looked like a play you draw up. I mean, not I draw up, but, Just you know, back run, yard run. Stuff. Exactly. You know, because if, if you watch that thing, you know, Gurley waves his hand like, hey, you know, I'm going to be open here in a sec. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Throw it here, that's, man. That's exactly what it did. And, you know, a lot of unsung heroes. I mean, on that on that drive that we had that just killed the clock and took just all of the piss and vinegar out of the OBC. Yeah. Man, hats off to, to Brandon Braden Douglas. Yeah. I, you know, who had ever heard of him other than his family and high school teammates before he comes in with fresh legs and just rips <laughs> off run after run after run. And the way that kid put his shoulder down and just mashed guys – yeah. You know damn good and well. Those Gamecock fans, I talked to some Gamecock fans afterwards, and they said, man, that was the biggest insult. You know, they said it in a good-natured way. You know, they weren't, they were like, man, we knew we were done then, buddy. Because when they send in a little true freshman white kid, and he just mashes you, you know, we're going to mash you with our fifth stringer. You know what I mean? I I'm tell you, he didn't look so little, though. No, he didn't look little. That's not what I mean. But, I, you know, no, I know what, he's I, just I know a, exactly a little white kid running back. You know, I mean, you never even heard of him. He's a high, I'm sure he was a high school star. I'm like, look at this kid. He's Lowering the shoulder and blowing people up, man. Yeah. Best day of that kid's life, you know? Exactly. But that's just the attitude we had. And I tell you what, I mean, just him, but with, with the whole thing, we looked like we were also the better conditioned team. When that fourth oh, quarter came oh. around, we had a little more pep in our step than South Carolina did. Man, I was and so excited. Thing, and, and I tell you what it may be for, for the Gamecocks this year. It may be the same thing that we ran into last year as a team for the first part of the season. They may have read too many too many of their press clippings, just like we did last year, and decided, well, you know, all we got to do is show up. Oh yeah, I talked to some Gamecock fans, and they asked me about my uh, you know my my thoughts on the game, and I said, I'll tell you one thing that's not going to happen. You guys ain't going to race out to no damn thirty-five to nothing lead at, at the half, you know. And they're all like. Oh, are you so sure about that? You know, we'll see. I mean, they were right on the edge of just superior smugness, you know. And then we put them right back where they're supposed to be, buddy. We showed them. And, you know, man, old dog, think back just a few years ago. Back to the, you know, the the, the good old days of no Sean Marino and Matthew Stafford. Um you know, think about how often you saw Noshawn, and we used to talk about this, the whole, the whole tapping of the helmet. 
I haven't seen a Bulldog player tap his helmet, especially a Bulldog running back. Todd Gurley never taps his helmet. And I'm, Todd and, Gurley pointed out he don't even need a damn helmet. <laughs> you got that right, I mean, buddy. Was, if, if they hadn't stopped that play because that boy didn't have his hat on, it had been a touchdown. Been another touchdown. Somebody else would got hurt, man. Todd Gurley's hurting people's feelings, man. He is snatching dreams out of the souls of defensive players, man. I mean, he's mashing people. And I've seen him up close after a yard, a big run, two big runs, three big runs, and he is gassed. He's tired. And you know what? Bobo hands him the ball on the next play and the next play and the next play, and he never taps his helmet, never gives less than 100%, and always gets the yards we need when we need them, man. I can't. I just, I'm telling you, I'm, it's just been a long time since we've seen a running back with that combination of size and speed, and character, and determination, and team spiritedness, man, I'm telling you, I'm right. I'm well, right I mean, with the goes, three, buddy. It goes back to some of our other great running backs. Uh, you know, obviously Herschel, Lars Tate. You know, it's just the the list is endless. Mm-hmm. You know, of guys that we had that I, I remember back in the days of college football when it wasn't required that you have two running backs. Right. I mean, you had a starter and a second string guy. I got you, I man. Mean, you know, obviously you, you do get hurt. You get beat up. You know, hopefully Marshall's going to be okay. I mean, look like he's had some, some knee problems, but he was up walking around and trying to run a little bit. And, you know, I guess, you know, by Monday or Tuesday, we'll know a little bit better, you know, what the hap- what the situation is there. Yeah, I think it's just a with bruised, him. Uh, bruised uh, patella. He's, he's not, he's not going to be missing You know, Gage, I, I tell you, man, hat, hats off to Mark Beard. Coming yeah, in. yeah, Doing, man. Uh, probably it could be could be the best best left tackle we've got. Mm-hmm. I know he he did great, man. Hats off to Gates before the injury. You know, Gates was doing a pretty commendable job. Yeah. Uh, hats off. The offensive line really responded, really, really responded to the you know the. the so I, was, I was calling them out. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say that, but if you if you're going there, I'll go there. Yeah, they responded to being called out. You know, to being to being questioned, manhood questioned, questions answered. I'm telling you what, questions answered. South Carolina freaking quit. David Andrews said in the locker room after the game, we knew we could make them quit, that we just imposed their will. We imposed our will on those guys. It was fantastic. Well, um, and, and it was good to see because although the score didn't reflect it, it was almost a turnaround of last year's game in Columbia when we laid down. I know. And there and there on that last drive, without a doubt, I mean, they didn't even call a timeout. They didn't even the the OBC had resigned himself that it wasn't gonna happen because he knew that we couldn't stop them. I know. That they couldn't stop them. Oh, I, mean, I know. That, that he was knew it. it was game, buddy. He, he was didn't game. call timeouts. He didn't he just, you know, I'm going to let it go, and that's it. And to his credit, which I thought I would never say, in his post-game interview that I watched late last night on College Football Roundup or whatever, he basically said they whipped us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, we really did. I mean, and he said we got to get a turnover. We got to, I mean, you know, that's exactly right. I mean, the old ball coach, man, he's such a, such a cock. The one, the one thing <laughs> I'll say about him, 
is he's a jerk, but he's a jerk to everybody. Yeah. Other teams and his own. <laughs> That's true, man. Yeah, I'm telling you what. Uh, there's plenty of um, plenty of goodwill to go around after that game. Gurley, fantastic. The helmet, the catch, the conditioning. Keith Marshall's going to be okay. I don't think we're going to have any problem there. Um, the way we ground the clock down in the fourth. Oh my gosh. It, oh, oh. It, it, it just, it, it's the stuff. It's the stuff my dreams are made of. I tell you what, buddy. Uh, let's talk a little bit. I mean, and Quavon Hicks, man. Two games batting for the cycle. He is blocking like a beast. He is running like a beast. He's catching balls out of the backfield like a beast. And he has such a good attitude about it. You know, we talked early in the preseason about how this team had so few suspensions over the summer. We didn't have a lot of problems over the summer. And I told you back then that I thought we were on to something special with the direction of this team. The way that everybody is on the same page, everybody has the same goal, and we are all in as a team, you know? And I'm telling you, yeah. guys like Quavon Hicks and Todd Gurley, man, when you see those guys, their attitude, they're they're just team players, man. I just like where we're at right now in terms of team mentality. Even after the Clemson game, I'll be honest with you, you and I, we weren't feeling so great. But the guys in the locker room, to a man, really had a good attitude about it. They did not get down. They weren't backbiting or complaining or calling each other out. These guys are on the same page, old dog, and I think that's going to continue to pay dividends throughout this season. Well, I hope it does, and, and I do agree with you there. When, when the worst infraction that you've got over the summer for your team is a guy having one beer too many in a boat, right. I mean, you know, that's, boy, think of what we have gone through in the past. And I'm not going to enumerate, you know, all of that. But the other thing is, you know, we, and we'll talk about this a little later on too, but we have never, never, ever been down on the players. If you have listened to the dog cast from the beginning, I mean, we have championed the fact that no, no guy wearing a red helmet with a G on the side should ever be booed because they're trying their best out there. Our beef for a long time has been with our coaching staff and what we do to motivate these guys. And we have got to be consistent with that. Absolutely. That's absolutely the truth, man. And uh, we give credit where credit's due, and we call people out when they need to be called out, you know? But we never are not fans. We are never down on the team. We are never not hopeful for a win. You know, I mean, it's just not the way we operate. And if anybody thinks differently, they're not listening to the right show. Um, talk about Quavon. Talk about Michael Bennett being money yesterday. Aaron oh, Murray, oh, as always, as always, right? But, you know, there was also all the receivers, Conley, Bennett, even McGowan. He had the drop, but he sure stinking made up for it later in the game. We had three drop passes yesterday, but Justin Scott, Wesley, Artie Lynch, everybody and contributed. Man. I mean, when, when he caught that ball, I, I, you knew he was gone. There ain't nobody catching him. Dude, his Once legs are so it, tiny, turn, too. He oh. looks, his legs look like tiny little toothpicks just going in like super fast, fast forward motion, you know? Yeah. 
Um, he looks like he's in fast forward, even when he's not in fast forward. Oh, it's awesome, man. The receivers are great. You know, um, yeah, Chip Towers, AJC, is talking about if we if we lost Malcolm Mitchell, and then if we were to lose uh, Keith Marshall, it'd just be a crippling blow to our offense. I'm telling you what, dude, we we are we are stacked at receiver. I mean, I hate that Malcolm and, and Mitchell's hurt, it, I, but we're, we're okay. Too, we're gonna but, be okay there. <laughs> right, and as we said earlier, if you've got to lose somebody at a position on offense, that's where we can most afford to lose a star player. Copy that. Copy that. And, I, I tell and, you it's, what. and it's good to have someone. I mean, it's good to have a deep threat back, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that this kid has gotten so, I mean, because for years, it, it's and it seems like this guy's been around for, for 10, 15 years, and I think he's, what, only a sophomore or junior? <laughs> Something like that. He's I on the lawyer Tillman. Shirt. He's a lawyer Tillman he, candidate. I think he may be a redshirt sophomore, but, you know, we've we've always heard about his speed. It was just him getting a chance to get in the game getting some confidence about him, and obviously he's got that now. It's good to have a deep threat back. It's good to have some guy that can run past the defenders. Right. Without Malcolm Mitchell, we needed the guy to step up. Justin Scott Wesley making it and, happen. And he's, and, and he's faster than – I mean, he's faster than Mitchell anyway. I mean, he's I fast. Scott Wesley, has, he's been one of the fastest kids on the team for two or three years now. Conley and McGowan, you know, we've just got different guys that can do different things. Justin Scott Wesley, great deep back, like you said. You got Conley and McGowan covering the middle, and then you got Michael Bennett there, number 82. When I've got to have the catch, I throw it to number 82. 82 just catches balls. That's all he does, man. He catches freaking passes. I mean, yeah. you know, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the most elusive guy. But when you absolutely positively, and hell, when it's when it's damn fourth and ten, and I gotta have it, I'm throwing it to 82 because that some bitch is money. He catches the ball when it needs to be caught. Michael Bennett doesn't miss, man, and uh, it just does my heart good. You know, also let's talk about the stadium. Let's talk about the fans yesterday. Fans kicking tail, dude. We were full on. That stadium was packed to capacity for more than 30 minutes after the clock wound down. The crowd was on fire. And my hat's off to the, to the, uh, scoreboard staff. All that ring the bell stuff, finish the drill. The guys who are doing the scoreboard promos, the music, I was pretty happy with that, man. The fans, yeah, the scoreboard, the music, it was it was big time yesterday. I was big time football from the fans to the staff to the players, groundskeepers. I mean, down here in the bunker, we appreciate good groundskeepers. You know, it's basically our attic, you know. So we, we appreciate them taking care of the field, taking care of the stadium. It was rocking yesterday. Well, and it needs to be, and it needs to be like that. I mean, is it going to be like that for North Texas? No. But, man, let's hope it's like that for LSU. LSU and Missouri, Kentucky, they're getting the red carpet, baby. They're I mean, getting the red carpet. It, because that's the kind of – I mean, it takes it takes an effort on everybody's part Absolutely. to compete and to win a national championship, and that includes the fans. I mean, we are the 12th man, and, yeah, we can affect a game with noise, intimidation. 
I'm telling you, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. From the first play to the last play, it was great. Now, in, and hats off, you know, I don't, I don't hate the Gamecocks. Of course, I hate Spurrier, but I don't hate the Gamecocks. I mean, you know, hats off, uh, Connor Shaw played a tough game, man. He's a tough kid, good kid. That kid, that running back, Mike Davis, that little son of a bitch is fast. He's, he oh, he <laughs> hit the corner. He's pretty fast. I mean, the Gamecocks, uh, pretty good team, man. And we beat a real good team in the Gamecocks yesterday, man. I was really, really happy to get the W. And this was, and this was the year that we were gonna have to beat them. Absolutely. I mean, if if we were going to have a chance to compete for the Eastern Division title, this was not a year that we were gonna back into it. Right. Just the way the schedule set up. Yeah, I, mean, I agree this with is that. The tough, this is the toughest schedule we've had. Although after watching Florida, the highlights on that play in Miami, and and again you can go from one week to the other. But I'm telling you, Florida don't look all that swift. Mm-mm. I think Operation Overlord is is well in effect there. Oh, Operation Overlord, Death from Within is rocking the swamp right now. And just like I predicted in the preseason, not only is his three yards and a cloud of dust, you know, hard nosed old school football. The problem is he's not bringing in the kind of recruits and not going to get the recruits that he needs to feed his program. Florida, it's much like it's a lot like the Paul Johnson deal. As long every day that Paul Johnson stays at Georgia Tech, that's a win for the dogs. And I'm telling you right now, every single day that Operation Overlord continues to hang its dark, dark cloud over the city of Gainesville, it's a win for the dogs. Because they ain't never <laughs> going to get there. They ain't never going to get there with Driscoll and Muschamp. I can tell you that right now, buddy. Now, a um, couple other things. I, that game was fantastic. Let's talk about some of the things that we, uh, that, you know, a couple of negatives, um, just a few negatives. You know, we've got, we need a little more help. We need a little more experience, a little more help at cornerback. Uh, Nick Jones, well, receiver and, for the Gamecocks, kind of torched us a little bit yesterday. Well, and, and we, we had talked about this at the beginning of the season, too. I mean, we are woefully inexperienced yes. in our defensive backfield. And yeah, we're going to make fresher mistakes back there. That's right. The, the key, the key is to to limit them the best we can, and to learn from them and not let that happen again. Right. I mean, do you know? I mean, we're going to see some other big plays on these guys too, because it, it is. It's a learning. It's a maturing process. And you know, we have been forced due to circumstances to start. I mean, I think we started two two true freshmen back there. Yeah. In our yeah. defensive backfield. And I'll tell you, and one you of them. <laughs> and you can't expect them to play like seniors. Well, you're right. And I, and I don't. And I'm not down on them or anything. But I just hope we continue to get better back there. I'll tell you, Trey Matthews, he learned something about pursuit angle yesterday. You know, he, yep. learned, he learned a hard and lesson same, and, and, about and, and, pursuit and angle. And Harvey Clements, who also, you know, to his credit, played great, had a cause to fumble. Yeah. I mean, you know, that was huge. Yeah, it was. It was huge. That was huge and knocking that thing out. But think, but yeah, there the good thing about that is these guys are going to get better. Absolutely. I mean, it's not it, it's not like they're juniors and seniors doing this stuff. Right. I mean, these are freshmen and the talent that is back there oh. is unbelievable if we can just coach it and mold it. Yeah. I mean, Clemens, uh Matthews, Floyd 
Wilson, Garrison Smith is out of freaking control, man. Um, those Damian Swan, they, I mean, you know, we're going to continue to get better. And like I said, I'm not down on the defense. I thought they played, you know, they they played about the def, they played about like we expected, about like what we want. You know, they're exactly. not, they're not, because they are a lot of daggum young kids out there, man. And you can't forget that they are going to get better. Hell, if this is as bad as they play, we'll be in good shape, buddy. We're going to be in great shape. Absolutely. Now, uh, before we get to that last little thing, I know we've got one last little thing we want to talk about. I did want to say a couple of things. Um, we have cups, new cups. For those of you guys who didn't know, uh, pretty interesting thing. You know, they now have uh, old dog. How you feeling about the uh, the souvenir cup that is eight dollars, which is pretty expensive. Don't get me wrong, but unlimited refills. That's kind of cool. Uh, I never thought I would see the day that we had freaking stadium cups that were unlimited refills, you know. And the other thing is, I'm just kind of interested. Everybody in Dog Nation is kind of interested. Do you think we'll be able to sneak those cups back in? Are they going to change the cup for every game? Or are we going to be able to sneak those cups back in and get free refills for the season? That's what I'm wanting well, to know. I'm gonna. The answer to the first part of the question is, I doubt you're going to be able to sneak that cup back in. <laughs> well, you know. I, I, uh, whether they're going to change it or not, I don't know, but I guarantee you, probably part of the uh, part of the security aspect of things is is if you've got a big bulge in your pocket and it's not <laughs> liquor and it's a cup, they're probably going to confiscate that. And probably if they see a uh, you know for the ladies that are bringing in a bag or a purse or whatever, if they see a cup in there, Damn that's it. probably going to get confiscated too. I'm going to try to get a cup All in the that. game. I'm now, trying now to the get a cup in the game. You may want to do what I would suggest. If you find yourself a real good hiding place someplace in the stadium, mm, yeah, park your park your cup there, and then get it once you're in. Nice. That's not a bad idea as well. I need to think about that. You know, I might carry me some gorilla tape or something in there and tape it to the bottom of my seat. I bet you they wouldn't hey, get down there and look. Take man. a take it take it tape it to the bottom of your seat. Uh, you know, going back to the Godfather, tape it someplace up in the bathroom. <laughs> Hot damn, you I know, love this Mike, idea. Michael went in without a pistol in his hand, came out with one, and, and took care of business. Big fan of the refillable cup. And for those of you who didn't make it to the game, aren't going to make it to a game, we have plenty of cups for sale. Go to the website at dogcast at G- dogcast.com. Click on the pull-down menu for the PayPal service, and I'll tell you right now, old dog, while supplies last, this is the kind of humanitarian I am, old dog, I'm doing two-for-one on cups. If you buy a 2013 stadium cup, I'm going to throw in some of last year's stock, because honestly, what the hell am I going to do with 100 2012 cups? I'm throwing in one 2012 cup from last year with every 2013 cup bought. So if you buy well, one of the new cups, yeah, for all the, all the, you know, there's a thriving nation of bulldog cup collectors out there. For this, if you haven't gotten your 2012 cup, now's your chance. Two cups for the price of one, baby. Go to dogcast.com and get yourself, click on that little menu and uh, buy a cup. I'll send you two, all right, while supplies last. And uh, don't even know who the I don't even know who the pool winner is for this week yet because I included some uh, I didn't really think this out in advance but I included some NFL games and so they haven't been played yet so we don't have a pool winner yet but um, we'll be we'll, well be, they'll just have to they'll have to wait till Wednesday they're just gonna have to wait yeah but this week we've got a we've got a we got a week off well, are we even gonna do a pregame show there's no pregame show this week 
Well, because there is no pregame, because there's right. no game on Saturday. So I think we're taking and the really, week off. I, we are. Yeah, we are, right? Because we need it. Two weeks has been tough. Long time. Um, so, dog fans, we'll probably be back with another show. I don't know. Maybe next Sunday. We may be, it may be until a pregame for North Texas. I don't know, but we'll cover all that. You keep listening. We'll keep telling you everything you need to know. Now, old dog, one last thing. You know, we did get a disturbing email this week, and I know you want to, uh, well, cover I, that. Well, I do. And it wasn't just one. I mean, there were some, and, and maybe I didn't make myself clear Wednesday. Uh, so I'm going to try to set the record straight a little bit. And as we said earlier, we don't ever get down on the players. We realize they are doing the best they possibly can. And I'm not calling anybody out. And at no point in time do I ever think one of our players is not giving their all 100%. My gripe has been and will continue to be with our coaching staff that still seems unable, although maybe we are making strides. But history tells us we, as a coaching staff, do not do very well in the big games. Does that make me a, quote, fair-weather fan? I tell you what, calling me a fair-weather fan is like telling me I don't love my children. (laughs) You are an absolute idiot if you think that. Absolutely. I suffered through 1979 when every ACC team we played beat us, and I was either in the stadium or I slept out on the tracks to watch it back when the stadium wasn't closed in. I made the trip to New Orleans three years in a row to watch us play for a national championship twice. I have not missed a game and I don't know how long because I love the dogs. I love what they do. Just because I don't march in lockstep with the coaching staff doesn't mean I'm a fair weather fan because I criticize them. That doesn't make me a fair weather fan. If you follow that idiotic logic, we would still have Ray Goff as a coach because apparently the coach can do no wrong. And if you disagree with him, well, you don't like the team. It's got nothing to do with that. I didn't like I didn't like Ray Goff, and I wasn't a huge fan of Jim Donnan. And you see what happened to them. So let's set the record straight. This this program has always been about opinions, and we offer any and like anybody's opinion. But we don't need to be saying one person's this, one person's that. Quite frankly, on Wednesday, I said I know there are going to be a lot of people that disagree with me. There are two factions. There's a group like me that we want to win a national championship and really don't give a tinker's damn how, who our coach is and what he stands for. Like I say, if it takes Urban Meyer coming in here to win a national championship, I want, I want McGarity to cut the check. Then there's a whole other group that thinks Mark Rick walks on water and anything he does is perfect and we should never, ever have another coach in our lifetime. That ain't me. But I understand there is a group that thinks that. And if that group is happy with never competing for a national championship, then so be it. Yeah, everybody could be happy with a national championship. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that. And, you know, I'm on the fence. I'm somewhere in between those two groups, you know? I mean, I am, I will admit, I'm on the fence sometimes about our coaching staff and their decisions. I mean, look at yesterday. I mean, I was like, who the hell kidnapped Bobo and who has he been replaced by? Because I like this new guy, this new guy who's running off tackle and throwing to the tight ends. That's pretty awesome, you know? The guy who, last who decided week. To left, yeah, who decided? 
decided let's kick the ball as far as we can on every kickoff. Absolutely. The guy last week who was just banging right up the middle, running into uh, David Andrews' tailbone, play after play after play, I wasn't so big on that. And we're going to talk about that. But we are never, ever down on the dogs, down on the team, fair-weather fans, premature losers, anything like that. That pathetic article in the uh, red and black this week completely misses the point and has nothing to do with me or how I feel about the team. It just completely misses the point. It says we're just premature to go to the, the negativity, the pessimism. We are just real fans watching a real football game and evaluating it in real time. And if that makes me a bad fan or a poor fan, then maybe I'm not your kind of fan. But I promise you, there's nobody that follows and loves the dogs any more than me and Old Dog. And if it's not your kind of show, then it's not your kind of show. But we're then fans. If you need to start, then you need to go listen to one of those kiss-ass shows <laughs> right. where they think that everything that happens is just perfect win or lose. Right. This we're ain't realists. that show. This ain't that we're show, realists. baby. We ain't, I mean... There has been – the SEC has won the last seven national championships. Have we won any of them? The answer is no. Is it because we have not had the talent of those other teams? The answer is no to that too. So that leaves one thing left, or actually two, coaching and luck. Right. One we can't control, and, but and one I we can hope, evaluate. And, and my hope is that our coaching staff, can learn and grow and not be so set in their ways that they think they are perfect and there is only one way to do things. I mean, I am hoping that kicking the ball into the end zone now <laughs> is that they have, like they a have new realized, way of doing things. They have realized the error of their ways after five years and say, boy, that does make sense. Right. You know, everybody else does it. <laughs> Maybe we can try that. Dog fans, we're going to wrap it up, man. Check us out at dogcast.com. Call us at 706-363-0210. You can email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Old Dog loves your letters. Good, positive or negative, he loves your letters. He just loves them. Send him some letters. Call him on the phone. And we're working on the bobblehead. We're also working on a Ring the Bell t-shirt. Man, we had we had one great email thinking the bobblehead was already there. I know. Kung Fu Grip. Exactly. The bobblehead, dude. The bobblehead, and, and we're when, also... When you hit that thing and it said, run the damn ball. When Bobo was up there, decide, <laughs> what should I do? Just hit that head that says, run, run the, the damn, damn ball. ball. Exactly. If we could, That would be fantastic, man. We need an old dog bobblehead sitting on the desk in the press box with Bobo. Push the button, and it's like it's like a magic eight ball for football plays, you know? Kick except it deep. There's only one, except there's only one answer. <laughs> All right, dog fans, thanks for listening. Go dogs! I have a theory. It's just a theory. But part of me feels it has a lot of uh, basis in fact to it. The idea of mine is that the concept of the old dog action figure, I believe it already exists. It might even be a part of Operation Overlord. So one does exist, and whether it be the coaches of Georgia or Gurley Man himself, they have an old dog action figure, and all this week they constantly hit the button where old dog figure says, run the damn ball. They played that over and over and over, and that is exactly why the dog's run game 
just ruled the whole day. Go, dogs, go. This is Ice Dog and Huddle. Dog hair. Dirt, old dog. This is George Dog for life. We got Clowney sitting on the sidelines looking like the little girl he is. Todd Gurley, Quavon Hicks, Brandon Douglas, Aaron Murray. Flawless tonight, old dog. I'm talking about flawless. We've had good coaching. Go, dog. Go, dog. That's all I got to say. Old dog. Go, dog. Sizzle. This is Dogcast Technical Support, DC Dog on Twitter, Washington, DC. I just have one question. Where in the blank was this team last week? Uh, this is unbelievable, um, especially the offense. The offense looked more solid. In fact, I was even more impressed with the diversity of Bobo's play calling. I was shocked that Bobo actually called a good game. I'm just astounded. We do need work on defense. We do need work on the linebackers. The linebackers need a lot of work. Um, our defensive backs are probably amongst the best in, in the SEC, if not the nation. Um, with one or two exceptions, the DBs both last week and this week have done very, very well and got a lot of coverage-related sacks and a lot of check-downs also uh, from South Carolina. Uh, but we, a lot was given up uh, off the uh, off the linebackers. Other than that, even with the mistakes that they were able to come back, I'm just astounded on on how much better this team looked than last week. That's it. Dogcast technical support, DC Dog on Twitter. Going to go rest my voice. After this game and with the cold I have, I can barely talk. Go dogs. <laughs>